Blessings to one and all, and welcome to the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's show, we are going to discuss AI Jesus. Yes, you heard that right. Artificial Intelligence Jesus. Maybe you've already heard about this, or maybe you didn't. If not, we're going to cover the story today and talk a little bit about the implications of such a thing. The Christian Post has an article entitled, Engineer Creates AI Clone of Jesus That Recites the Bible. And the article says in part, A New York-based engineer has created an artificial intelligence algorithm that's been programmed with passages of scripture and named AI Jesus. It is said that AI Jesus can write its own biblical-sounding verses without actually imitating or copying the King James Version. It has made uh, very bizarre doomsday prophecies and can even preach a sermon. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but when I first heard about this story, the first thing that came to my mind was the verse out of the book of Revelation where the false prophet gives uh, the image of the beast the ability to speak. And I found this very interesting because uh, back in the day through the 80s and 90s when I was really intrigued and studying biblical prophecy, Uh, A lot of the more notable uh, theologians from the 70s, 80s, I think maybe even as far back as the the 60s, that a lot of them said that this image of the beast that has the ability to speak and all are instructed to worship it. Many of these theologians of old said that this was likely to be something that wasn't created yet. It's probably going to have something to do with computers, artificial intelligence, or holograms. And now we certainly have all of that at our disposal today. So maybe these individuals who hypothesized such an idea, weren't so far off the mark. But now, is AI Jesus the image of the beast? I don't think it is the image of the beast, but it could be a forerunner, so to speak, or an image of the beast before the image of the beast. Now, if that statement confuses you, uh, let me explain. The ancient Christians, when it came to prophecy, believed that it could have multiple fulfillments, a past, a present, and a future. Just like when we talk about the concept of the Antichrist. Many ancient Christians uh, back in the first, second century believed that there were many antichrists in the world. There were antichrists present in their day, and that there would be antichrists in the future. 
but inevitably time would culminate with the last and final, uh, the most, I guess you could say, important or be-all and end-all of prophecy antichrist. There would be that final one that would not just have local consequences on a certain state or a nation or a part of the world, but that this final antichrist would influence and have an impact on every nation on the earth. And so I think that holds true when we're talking about something like the image of the beast or even idolatry, the idols of wood and stone and gold and silver of ancient days are now gods that are present in algorithms and on computers and artificial intelligence, and they can speak back to us. They can interact with us. I'm sure many of you have heard, and, and if you haven't, uh, go onto a good search site and type in the Church of AI. There is a gentleman out there who is, I don't know how far along uh, this has actually progressed, but he started the first Church of AI. He created an AI God, and he says that this AI God will in time be able to guide human beings, give them direction, and even write its own holy book. During the whole COVID-19 scenario that's been going on here in 2020, we've had virtual church services. And I was reading an article around Easter time where a lot of the Catholic churches were having these online masses, and it was something that they were going to continue to do after the Easter holiday. And basically what it would be is that you could create your own little avatar and take that avatar into the virtual church where there would be a virtual priest, the virtual congregation. And the, this was actually a question that now the Vatican was going to have to determine if it was okay and would it be uh, morally right to do to have the AI priest give the sacraments to the avatars in the virtual congregation. So could someone be baptized in the virtual church? The actual person is not in a church being baptized, but the avatar that represents them could be baptized in the AI church. Is that baptism valid? So we had uh, all these questions coming up about what can and cannot be done in these virtual realities, you could call them. And so I think there really is something to this computer age and as far as we're advancing with artificial intelligence and even in robotics you know the, the things that they're starting to create that this is very likely to play a very big role 
in those final day prophecies. And I've always said, all of my life, and I used to tell a lot of my evangelical Christian friends this, and I still tell people this today, I say, keep an open mind. Because when these days start to unfurl before us, they could look and be a little bit different than what you think they're going to be. Just because your church or a favorite author or denomination or theologian tells you, well, here's how the end of days is going to plant be uh, uh, unfold. It's going to be A, B, C, D. These events are going to happen. We don't know. And this is where people have always gotten into a lot of trouble when it comes to religion. Is that they map out, oh, in order to please God or in order to do such and such or when this happens, we have this laundry list of things that are going to happen first. And if one of the items on that laundry list does not come to fruition... Then they look at the events ahead of them and say, nope, this isn't it. This, this is fake. This, is, this isn't anything to worry about. And then they get themselves into trouble. And this is something that's very likely to happen uh, when it comes to the end of days. Just look, and I've talked about this on uh, podcasts past, how many people are practically worshiping politicians and presidents in this day and age, knowing full well that this antichrist figure in the end of days will be a politician who many will think is from God. Yet we have all these religious people worshiping practically politicians, calling them the new Cyrus, the new King David, you know, the man of God, they, they follow them like they're the new Messiah. And so, you know, we see how these ideas that get set in stone in our own minds and our own traditions and our own theologies can really be a setback and damage us in the long run because they can take us down a very deceptive road. And I think that's what's going to happen here with all of this AI, the Church of AI, the, the AI Jesus, because people will worship these things, these new idols. It's interesting to me how people re refer to the concept of God as the tooth fairy in the sky or the Santa Claus in the sky. It's so laughable. Oh, you're, you know, you're insane or there's something wrong with you if you believe in God. But yet I've heard some atheists proclaim that they worship science. Science is their God. And that actually if there were a church of AI, an artificial intelligence that was so much wiser than human beings, they would participate in that particular virtual reality church. 
and that they would actually give not necessarily worship but look at this thing as being kind of the god of their lives because it's more intelligent than they are it knows all these equations and you know scientific facts so they give it homage they give it worship so to speak and said that they would be willing to do so so how interesting is it that man will throw away the concept of god but worship the things that he makes with his own hands I find that very peculiar, actually, because this would be like God creating man and then worshiping man as his God. If I create something or created something, even if it could speak, even if it could interact with me, just my own common sense would say I'm not going to worship this thing or look at it as being some kind of deity figure in my life because I made it. I don't care how smart it is. I don't care how smart it gets. I made it. It would not be in existence if it weren't for me and my intelligence and my creativity and my know-how. It is my creation, so what would make me turn around and bow down to it? And I think the answer to that particular question is something I've always said in my old show, The Spirit Side, where I used to debunk or confirm certain conspiracy theories if there were uh, any truth to them. And I would also talk a lot about a lot of the problems going on in politics right now, particularly the uh, the politician worship. And I was always surprised how many people would become angry and, uh, and say, I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, they weren't worshiping politicians. You know, this was complete uh, stupidity. Yet they would turn around and say, oh, this man is our King David, our Cyrus, our, uh, you know, referring to, to Donald Trump, you know, he is our Trump of God. He is a sign of the last days and God building his theocracy on the earth and bringing America back to the Lord. You know, it, it got very cultic and got very weird. But if you said that to them, and said, hey, man, you know, what are you doing? They would automatically become raging angry, very insulting, and then deny the very thing they were doing. Why and what does this have to do with AI Jesus and the worship of artificial intelligence? Well, I think... The answer to all of that is something that I used to say in my old show all the time, is that many people are always looking for the leader figure in their lives. They need someone to tell them what to do, how to do it, 
how to think, what is right, what is wrong. I mean, you, you go right down the list. And for some people, that can be politicians. For some people, it can be their church, their denomination, their pastor, and their priest. How many folks listening to this podcast have gone into churches, you know, if, if you're a Christian, and you've gone into these churches, you hear a lot of Christians say, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for my church home, but I haven't found it yet. I was one of those people. And I heard so many other people say, you go into these churches, and it's like pastor worship. You know, that they worship the church, not the individual or the person who was supposed to be the head and the founder of the church. So people become very enamored with personalities. And there is uh, some scientific data out there that you can look up that shows uh, how much of a percentage of people in society actually do look at for those stronger personalities to follow. And we might say, well, no, that's not me. I'm a strong person. But no, the data on this says that the people who look for a leader or look for someone to tell them what to do, what to believe, how to vote, how to behave, they're not necessarily uh, mousy, weak individuals. That they can actually have a persona of being, you know, very strong, very goal-oriented. They know what they want. You know, they're, they're not weak people in personality in knowing what they want and in their certain core values. But there's something about those people, whether their personality is, you know, rather weak and timid or whether it seems very strong and self-assured, there's still something within those individuals that makes it hard for them to make a decision on their own. They need guidance. They need someone to say, oh no, here's what you should do. And in some people, uh, from what I've read on this topic, there are some people that can't make it a major decision on their own. So they need that leader figure to tell them what to do. And then there are some people who are just intellectually and morally lazy. And their, their motto is, well, why should I make the decision or do the work when I can just have so-and-so Tell me what to do. And I've ran across people like that in my day. Many, again, were church people. You know, where I would talk to these uh, Christians when I was phasing myself out of fundamentalism. And, and I talked to Protestants. I've talked to Catholics, you know, different denominations. And I ran across more than a few people in my life that, you know, you would get into a discussion 
and start talking about, you know, what's in the Bible and theology and uh, doctrines of the church and all of that sort of thing. And you would say, well, you know, a lot of this that, that you're saying and that you're believing in actually contradicts the words of Christ. You know, look here, look here, you know, this is something you should kind of study out. And I've had them say, I don't need to study it. I don't need to get into all that work looking all this stuff up. The church tells me what I should believe. They answer the questions for me. And there it is. They will do it for me. So there are people that are just mentally, morally, intellectually, spiritually lazy. And so whether these people be spiritual, whether they be atheist, if they think that there is an AI God or an AI Jesus that will tell them what to do and give them the guidance they need because, hey, it's smarter than they are. It's smarter than people. They're going to put their faith, they're going to put their trust in that artificial intelligence. And they'll see nothing wrong with it. And I could hear the argument coming from them right now saying, well, at least I can see my God. And that will be the excuse. It's intelligent. It's smarter than we are. It's said all these wonderful things so far, and I can see it. I can have a picture of it. It can be on my computer screen. I can put on my virtual reality goggles and be right there in the presence of my artificial intelligence, God. And they'll think it's wonderful. But who knows what information AI Jesus and AI God will come up with. Because after all, the only thing that these artificial intelligences are fed is the wisdom of man. Now think about that. The only thing that we can put and feed into these algorithms and artificial intelligence is loads of information that we already know. And then it will spit that information back at us or combine it and come up with its own ideas based on you know, its own uh, decision-making skills as it begins to grow and learn. But still, the information is all built upon what we already know and what we have fed it. Why do we need an AI Jesus to preach us a sermon, to write biblical-sounding verses, and make doomsday prophecies when we have the Bible? We have the words of Jesus in print. When we have other books like the Arantia book. We have all this information. We have writings of church fathers and early Christians and individuals who learned from the very apostles themselves who were fathers of the church. So what do we need if we have all that information 
at our disposal when it comes to religion, why do we need AI Jesus to come up with this amalgamation of thoughts, words, and ideas and spit it out at us? And then sit back and marvel at how intelligent and wonderful it is. To me, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I think another reason why people get into this dilemma when it comes to religion and spirituality, they're worshiping politicians, they're following uh, priests and pastors and denominations, bowing down practically to you know presidents and senators and political parties it's it's crazy what people are doing and the pied pipers i call them that they're following but they do this again because they're looking for the leader they're looking for the person to tell them what to do if my pastor does it it must be okay if our whole denomination is doing it and other denominations are doing it, well, it must be okay. Or the church, this, this must be from God. It's okay to worship the politician. It's okay to you know, give some kind of allegiance to the AI Jesus or the AI God. People will go down that path. But see, the Urantia book, talking about that for a moment, tells us that Jesus taught the religion of personal experience and relationship with God. And now this was something that I've always believed and something I derived from reading the Bible long before I ever read the Arantia book. But it's, again, just one of those confirming things. Jesus didn't go around asking the religious leaders of his day what he should do. He didn't consult their laws and their ways. He didn't practically worship them like they were gods on earth. No, Jesus was often out in the wilderness or up on the mountaintop or somewhere by himself after a day of preaching and healing and teaching, praying, communing with God, whom he called his Father. And this is the religion and the relationship that he taught each and every one of us to have. It's personal. It's a relationship. And the Arantia book tells us that that Relationship will be different and unique to each and every one of us. It is not some cookie-cutter religion that we abide by and then say, oh, look, I have a relationship with God because I'm following all the rules of my church and denomination. No. This is personal between you and the Heavenly Father, the one who made all things. And this is another one of the reasons I feel that people fall into these ditches following after politicians, following after pastors and priests and possibly in the future AI Jesus and AI God. 
going after these internet personalities that come on and teach doom and gloom and prophecies of death and oh we're going to be the only ones left surviving because we know the real truth you know people follow after these individuals like they're jesus like they're the savior but they lack one thing that personal experiential relationship with God himself. No one can tell you how to do that. No one can have that relationship for you. And another one of the big problems is that so many of our religions throughout time have taught us, trained us, indoctrinated us with this idea you need the church, you need the pastor, you need the priest, you need the organization, you need this personality, you need this minister, you, you need this self-proclaimed prophet. And so we've inherited a great spiritual disability and disease that tells us we need these other people, we need these other things in order to have that relationship with God. I have to follow him or her or them in order to be pleasing to God because him or her or them is from God. They are God's mouthpiece. They are the anointed teacher, as many claim themselves to be. But that's not how we have the personal relationship with God. That's not how we experience God. We do that through prayer, through worship. And worship in the Arantia book is just being in the presence of God. Just not asking for anything, not polluting the moment with any words that we think we need to say, just being in that presence of God basking in it, loving God, appreciating God, adoring God in our hearts, but just being quiet, silent in that moment, worshiping in his presence. And the Arantia book tells us that it is th uh, through these moments of worship that we gain greater insight about God. We feel closer to God. And it begins to grow our faith. Because now we don't only know about God, we know God personally from experiencing him in our times of quiet worship. And you've probably all heard me say many times on this show, and even on my shows in the past, where I said, if you could experience divine love for 30 seconds in your life, 20 seconds, 15 seconds, a handful of seconds, if you could experience that true, just saturating, all-encompassing love of God, it would change your life forever, 
It would change the way you see this world forever. It would change the way you treat others forever. And you don't experience that life-changing divine love by following after other people and making them so important in your life or giving your allegiance to AI gods and artificial intelligence Jesuses. You don't experience that divine love any other way than by being in that quiet, worshipful, adoring, just basking in that presence of God. You will be surprised at what will rise up into your consciousness, the thoughts, the insights, the peace. You don't get water out of the well by carrying the empty bucket up to the mountaintop. You have to go to the well. You can't draw water out of the well by walking in the opposite direction of the well following everybody else because they say, well, you can't get the water out of the well. You got to follow us or her or them or him to get it somewhere else. It's somehow wrong or just not even comprehensible to say you could just go to the well and get the water yourself. But that's what they've told us for years. And now we're in this situation that we're in where people will run after anything or anybody. And this is why things like AI Jesus are so very dangerous for many people. Look at what the creator of AI Jesus says in the end of this article. He says, AI Jesus reminds us that human history is on the verge of being written by non-humans. Let me read that again. AI Jesus reminds us that human history is on the verge of being written by non-humans. So we're gearing up. We're gearing up to put our faith and put our trust and put our future and the writing of our history and the direction in which we go with our future in the hands of these artificial intelligence beings that we have made. Wow. How sad and blind have we become. And we all need to stop following the crowd and him and her or them or whatever it is and go directly to the well in prayer, in faith, in quiet worship, and draw water out for ourselves. We can't get caught in these traps that have been set for us in this world. And at the very least, ladies and gentlemen, following after this kind of thing, following after men or women or organizations or who we think is the anointed one of God, whoever it is this week, this month, this year, or artificial intelligence gods, whatever it might be, following after all that stuff 
at the very least, robs you of joy and faith and the greatest spiritual experience that you will ever know, and that is experiencing God for yourself. I do hope that you got something out of this today. As always, I appreciate you listening. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and go to the well. Don't follow after all of the junk that this world is telling us we need to follow after. I don't care who it is. I don't care what it is. I don't care how anointed or special or how much theology or how many conspiracy theories they mix with pseudo-religious messages and spit out at you and make you go, wow, what a wise individual has come to save us at such an hour as this. Don't bow down to all of that stuff. It's not going to save you. It's not going to bring any peace into your life. And it is certainly not going to get you to the place where you're experiencing that wonderful divine presence and love in your own life. That's what will change your life. That's what will change the world. We're so busy looking in all the wrong directions right now. It's very sad to see. So again, I thank you for listening. I'm Paul James Caden. I'll see you next time here on The Infinite Journey.